You are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. Hello, everybody. My name is William Kyle Glenn. I go by Kyle, and sitting with me in Canada, I got her on Zoom now, is Yana Belcher. Um, I met her at a 100-year anniversary Anthroposophy Conference uh, in Manitoba, Canada, north of Winnipeg super magical did her workshop was spiritually called into her workshop i must say <laughs> and she i just i've really enjoyed talking with, i've talked to her on the phone a few times since the conference i had an amazing experience at this conference i can call her a friend now and i've learned a lot from her so i just really thought i wanted to take this opportunity to bring her on have her on the show she's got a lot of interesting things to share but she is a how do you say it? a clinical counselor can you say it <laughs> i forgot already and that's our registered clinical counselor registered clinical counselor anthroposophist yeah. and teacher as well but i'm going to send it to you to go deeper in that yana sweet thank you kyle thank you everyone for having me on here with you um yes um i live on the west coast of canada and had the also wonderful opportunity of meeting Kyle in Winnipeg. I just remember him walking out this incredible heart bear being <laughs> and I not like sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's sort of the radiance that was there. And um, yeah, I, well, I remember seeing him out in the field going, whoa, what's this man all about? And then uh, he came into the Earthship, maybe we'll share what that is a little bit more because we were out on a big biodynamic farm uh, and uh, with an Earthship, uh, a woman there had, young German woman had built a big Earthship and I was lucky enough to have my workshop in the Earthship and Kyle just happened to be in there waiting for a different workshop. He wasn't yeah, coming to my workshop. Yeah, I'll go into it a little bit because I, I went to this workshop about Kenya and it was supposed to be on our lunch break. So, you know, in between I am um, resting on the couch and I see Yana's beautiful setup of uh, she just had this beautiful like ceremonial setup with I just don't even remember all the things like feathers and shells and it was very beautiful and a very beautiful space. So I was already like. And she said some intriguing things to me, like she, there's some keywords like playback theater. And like, I'm like, ooh, I was already like kind of tuned in. So I go into the other workshop and it was supposed to be about like the heart and how the heart works and the light and love in your heart. And I was super excited about that workshop, but there were so many, and I'm sure it was good, but there were so many people jamming into the small space. And I already kind of felt like it was just a little too tight quarters for me. And I kept on looking back over there and it was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it was, <laughs> I was drawn to it and I'm like, no, but I want to go to this one. And it was just, it was just clear that like, it just felt like I was supposed to go. So I finally, I obeyed that, that call and sat in on Iana's workshop and it was really a amazing, powerful experience. We, so I'll just briefly run through like what I remember, but we started talking about like an ancient wound of humanity from the story of Cain and Abel, this just ancient fracture. And like, um, you know, I guess, and you'll obviously go deeper, but from what I remember, um, Cain 
it was like not dealing with the emotions, right? There was, there was deep emotions and jealousy and stuff. And, you know, one of the brothers didn't deal with it correctly and actually murdered the other brother. And that like core wound is still with humanity all this time. And it, it's taken shape through the ages. We went through that and then it ended um, with, and it goes way more in detail than that, obviously, but it ended with us like working through the frequency of uh, the elemental beings and the, all the hierarchies of the angels and kind of in this playback theater dance sort of way, we started to like run that energy through our bodies and dance it out. And that was just extremely powerful for me. And we went through all the, the tasks of these beings and how they work with humans and what they do for nature and the cosmos. And, but then we also acted it out and we had, this beautiful, it, it turned into kind of like a dance. It seemed like we were dancing with each other too. And um, which was a, a group hug at the end with the cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, that was my experience. Um, and that was really beautiful. And, um, and I, I wanted to like, you know, learn more about that and um, even take that, that practice into my everyday but I guess I will ask you, Jan, about the, the to go in deeper about the Cain and Abel wound. Mm, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, well, I'm. <clears throat> you know, the story's been told in a number of different ways, and I've approached it from Rudolf Steiner's insight into the story. I think the best way to go at it without going into too much detail is to imagine we have to imagine back to a time where humanity was not familiar at all with earth <laughs> this is the very beginning of the earth walk of true human beings you know there's this whole conversation this whole discussion about whether we were apes before we were humans but we're talking about the actual human period not you know, back then, Dr. Steiner said that everything was incredibly different in the consciousness. It was not, we were not in that earthen sensation inside of ourselves yet. We didn't know that. We walked more like angels on the earth back then at the very beginning. Very, very light and much more aware of cosmic forces and life forces and spiritual forces. So then you get these two brothers at the time of, of their, of their birth, Cain and Abel. And they, they were, they came from two different lineages. The Abels were the kinds of human beings who were very attuned to what had already been given on the earth in nature and all of the beauty and wonder of nature and all of the um, food that was just naturally offered into the world uh, through, you know, all of the forces that the higher forces and the earthen forces working together had created. And the able type people were the ones who simply tended it. They revered it. They were like priests. And they simply gathered it, noticed it, tended to it. So you get people like priests and um, um, shepherds, and it's it's associated with the feminine as well, gathering what has been given and then creating food out of it and creating 
communal experience from the gathering. So you've got the able line coming that way. And in fact, it did create great, the able line created great rituals about all of this for, you know, millennia, really. And the other lineage, the Cain lineage, saw what was here and went, I have to make something out of everything that is here. I need to discover everything about what is here. And I need to make something with it. I need to forge it. I need to dig it. I need to hammer at it. I need to make something in the image of God, but out of my own working with it and out of my own, in time, we would say ingenuity with it. So very different approaches to this new walk on the earth, this new walk. Well, back then, and this is part of the Cain and Abel story that many, many people know now, um, you know, through the Bible, is that, but Dr. Steiner has given it a little bit differently, and that is that when Abel went to offer something to God, it was pure, it was fairly untouched by human hands and by human experience. And so it was easily recognizable to the spiritual world and it was taken up naturally. It was offered naturally and it was accepted naturally. Back then, Dr. Steiner says, the the people had a complete connection with the spiritual world. They They saw the divine beings in the spiritual world so they could hear the spiritual beings talk to them. So this offering up was just natural, it was pure, and it was accepted right away. When Cain went to offer something up, it had been tainted by human experience now, this earthy experience, which was not cosmic experience, was not the experience of the spirit beings um, in the outer cosmos that human beings were most familiar with. And so when Cain went to offer what he had to offer, it was not as easily accepted. And in Cain's way of seeing it, it was rejected. Can I, it, can I just stop you real quick there? Yeah. Right when you tell that, I immediately have a lot of compassion for Cain. Because I'm like, how was that? I, and I couldn't be wrong <laughs> about this, but like, how was that his fault? I mean, he was just trying to do his best to like make this offering. and. And it was in an Abel's offering because Abel had a more pure connection or something. To... Well, isn't it an interesting thing in our times to look back on that story? Because I think there is now. And this is changing this tremendous sense of compassion because that's where we're supposed to be in this era of consciousness now. We are in a new consciousness of the heart and compassion is one of the most important things. Back at the beginning of time, it was at the beginning of the human time, it was a very, very different story. So the, now this is, but it's important because to come in and be human on the earth, we had to deal with feeling. So this is actually what happened for Cain. First time for human beings to be on the earth and actually experiencing what we call in anthroposophy, astrality astrality feeling nature both feeling and desire desire and 
no familiarity with these feelings. And I, I think I remember when we were in the workshop leading us through that that period where where Cain suddenly has a feeling he has no idea what to do with it. He has no idea what to do with this feeling. And this feeling was jealousy. Jealousy. I mean, you rejected, another person is accepted. I mean, we all know this feeling now, right? We think we're doing essentially almost the same thing. You know, in some way, we think we're doing the same thing on the earth, and yet one gets the glory and the acceptance, and the other does not. And so there's this jealousy feeling. But back Could it then, be it like wasn't. injustice, too. I mean, like, I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it is, but I, I can touch on that just hearing this. Yeah. I think justice doesn't come until there's some consciousness of it. We have to, mm. it's a very hard thing to imagine a time where the consciousness was very, very different and we're just in the flow of the spiritual world, but now we're on the earth as well and we just really don't know it well at all. Don't know it all at, very well at all. And then certain things start to happen and then, oh my gosh, then something, a feeling, we're really in our earthen experience, we're a little bit more animalistic in that we don't have a higher mind yet. We don't have even a higher brain yet to um, to even think of things like justice. They don't, so he didn't have access to that concept yet. The mind Not at all. developed enough in the human experience. And I think that's an important thing. Because I, I feel like to to bring to the table, because I feel like most people, and I didn't really think about this until I got involved in anthroposophy, you kind of think that things always were the way that they are now or something like that. But like to think of like how much humanity as a being, as a, as a race has evolved and how actually different things were back then, even in like just material reality. And just the development of the human and how the human thought was way different back then than now is what you're bringing to the point. It's really incredible to think about it. We've applied because we've only been in this really conscious period now for since about 1413 when we went into the consciousness soul period. And yeah, season. And that means that, um, before that, <laughs> we couldn't even go back and reflect on what really might have been happening 10,000 years ago, right? Just was not really, I mean, I have to be careful about this. There were certainly stories that were carried on for millennia, uh, but the ability to reflect on ourselves as a human being is just not was not there right not nearly there in the same way we can think in this lifetime uh you know after a certain number of years we can go wow when i was like 16 or when i was 21 and then when i'm you know much further down the road i have developed so much <clears throat> you can go i've changed so much even in one lifetime <laughs> imagine thousands and thousands of years mm. you know yeah so imagine if you've never had a feeling before and suddenly you have a you have a feeling it's so unnatural so you don't know anything to do with it so it was really impulse 
impulse. <clears throat> Something feels, and this is the beginning of Araman. This is the Aramonic earthly nature that when we arrive on the earth, we take on this heavier earthy being that keeps us connected to the earth, but it has an element of evil in it in relationship to who we actually are when you put the cosmos with the earth in reality. And the whole journey on the earth was to find our heart center in the middle of these, these realities. And this had not happened before for human beings. So the whole journey on the earth was to find the heart and all the way to the end of the journey on the earth is about growing a, a much more profound heart, which Dr. Steiner called the etheric heart. Etheric meaning full of life forces, full of life forces, heart. So that was just, we actually had so little of, almost, we had a heart, we had a physical heart. But we knew nothing about it. Right? It was just the gods guiding everything that we're doing. They're still guiding most of everything that we're doing. But now we have the ability to be conscious of this and to really understand what we're tapping into. And we will have more and more of this for actually a few millennia to go. So just to break down a little bit of what you said, you know, first time humanity ever felt something didn't really know what to do with it, <clears throat> um, felt rejected, felt jealousy, and it, I guess it didn't go so well, right? I mean, he lashed out, killed his brother, and then, you know, that's a pretty devastating situation. Um, what happened after that? Well, that is, in a way, the beginning of, <clears throat> and I'm using, quote, sin or karma earthy karma is that beginning so what it relegated came to and we have to think of this in terms of god speaking about this god set this all up the divine forces set this all up it was supposed to happen it was meant to be sort of <laughs> sort of we were not actually as human beings to be in killing. I, I remember when we went through the workshop, we imagined that Cain would see an animal deal with an other animal, getting more glory in some way and maybe getting more food or something. Right. And then, you know, him watching that animal getting the better thing and the animal kills the other one animal kills the other animal. You know, if this is the first time a human beings on earth and they don't have any example for how to deal with a feeling, they might very well watch how the animals do it. And so you can imagine him doing that and then doing something that an animal does and killing the other being but we're human and we were actually not meant to do that so it set up a karma for him but the karma for him was well you're going to need to work your way back into the um work your way back into the understanding of who we are supposed to be as human beings and who we are supposed to be in the light of of the divine forces and you will have to work the earth. You will have to work hard at it and make something of yourself to create something that can be glorified in the, in the name of God. 
the God, that the divine beings can see. Well, you are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. Uh, I am interviewing uh, Iana Belcher over in British Columbia, Canada, and we are talking about the ancient wound of humanity between uh, Cain and Abel, and she's going into more depth about that. Um, okay, so, and that's not just, like, when God is making this declaration or I don't like to use the word punishment, but a, a way to like redeem oneself, I guess you could say. Um, this is like for all of humanity. I mean, this isn't just one thing. This is basically like changes the game for humanity through the ages. And this is what we came here for. We came here to learn the lessons of applying ourselves on a a, a planet that has a more dense reality than what we came out of. You know, we all come out of a spirit and a soul that is much lighter than the density of the earth. And, and also an earth that is hardening more and more through time. It's getting more sclerotic as it ages. So we arrived at a certain time and Earth had had this whole trajectory before we ever got here when it was, you know, gaseous and then it was water and then it was, you know, swamp and then it was all these other things to develop to this whole plant animal reality and then the human reality. So, but the period of the human reality is to realize what being human is on every level, in the depths of hu being human. <laughs> and a lot pain. of, with that? I said, which includes pain okay. and suffering. You got it. Yes, that's right. And uh, so you're right, it's not a condemnation, it was, it was all set up. We were here to experience the troubles and the pain and the suffering, etc., of being on the earth and learn the lessons of, you know, killing. So it kind of like, so from that perspective, then it wasn't really necessarily a punishment, because sometimes people look at that as like a punishment, and it was almost like setting the framework for the the true task that the human race came here to fulfill really or to learn or to grow from exactly. like it, you know in the bigger picture of it this was god's love this is god's love that god has given all of these uh chances and capacities to make up for our stumbles as we are becoming learning to become human learning to come into a great heart right and all of the all of the missteps along the way as we find our way to a greater heart. Right? It was and, our and, uh, rehabilitation process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, you, you know, the divine forces are the first, I guess you would call it, I don't know, therapists, pre, uh, pastors, um well, they're the first, we haven't got to the stage of Christ. That's a long way away, like from where we're talking to where we end up 
and the, what I'm, when I'm talking about Christ, I'm talking about a consciousness that embodies all of the spiritual natures of the Hindu processes, the Buddhist processes, the Zoroastrian processes, the, the Egyptian processes, the Jewish processes, all of these beautiful, amazing spiritual uh, ways of working our way into the earth and finding our virtue and finding our connection to God and so forth. This is that consciousness. But there was a point where the heart consciousness was getting completely lost because humanity got, there are moments of confusion where we go darker than we even realize we're going and we have to kind of be pulled back out into the light a little bit. And so that's that. You're that. saying that's, that was the point when it got really dark. That was the point when Christ showed up. To you kind bet. Of, you you put, bet. Us, put us on a, a better path. That's right. And to, to literally, <clears throat> uh, you're right, exactly, to turn us around <laughs> onto the path that we were meant to be on from the start and, and go, okay, we're going in a different direction now. Now we're jumping ahead because we haven't even got to the conversation of pre-ascension or pre pre-cane and then ascension later down the road right sure. and so and just to clarify real quick uh before we go on when you know because he after the cane thing happened um they had to the humans had to like was that when we had to like toil in the earth and you know that's kind of describing us coming more densely into earth and having to work with matter basically yes that's exactly right so you have the Cain lineage doing the the earthen work, and you have the the uh, Abel, <clears throat> the Abel's um, ritualizing it, revering, reminding. We're still working together. So it's like farmers and priests, basically. Yeah, and the and the shepherds, mm. and their lifestyle, even reminding the hard toiling Cains of you know when to take a break, when to revere when to ritualize and the opposite of course i mean the cane the abels are reminded that they're they're ritualizing and revering the offerings that the uh the kings give i mean they're building houses <laughs> you know they're building boats they're they're forging metals they're creating foods they're doing all kinds of things to help all of society right so there's still more working together of this over time. The time that we have reached now, we're in this heavy division between the two lineages and we're getting more separated. And there's a reason for that, but that's not, we weren't meant to be in that separation that we're heading into right now. Um, the two lineages, Cain and Abel. Yeah. Can you break it down into farmers and priests? I mean, is it? that simple or not completely it it's it, and dr steiner has spoken about it it is a little bit more if you break it down to the feminine trail and the masculine trail okay it's a little easier um although of course that's changing in our modern conscious time but um back then the masculine trail would be the one that was exoteric out in the world and oh, um, yeah. okay. you know and the feminine carried the inner life 
that is also connected to the higher spirit life and they're gatherers and so forth. Farming is kind of a bit of both, right? It can be Cain, but it can also be Abel. Um, can you uh, describe this, this divide between the two? What, how does that take shape in today's world? What does that look mm. like? Yeah. Well, let me just take a moment because we're skipping millennia now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> I'm going pretty Please fast. <laughs> mind, uh, take a couple deep breath, deep breaths while we skip yeah. over thousands of years. And <laughs> <laughs> mm. important that you said that because the breath to the Greeks, I'm Greek by the way, is the soul and is the psyche, the psychology, the psyche. So this change in the pace of the world and the changes that are happening in the world through the consciousness development literally change our breath and literally change our connection to our breath and thus change our connection to our psyche. So I'll just kind of hang that little piece up on a line for us for a moment to, Appreciate you know, that. we'll go back there. Yeah. But when we're concerned about what's happening in our psychological state and our anxieties and everything else, just remember, our breath is related to all of that. Um, so, <laughs> this Araman feature, Araman is the being who helps us stay connected to the earth, has been with us for a long time. And at the same time, in the human development trajectory, there was a period where another spirit being kind of took over in the world, tried to take over in the world and make and kind of pretend that it was the divine world. And this was the Lucifer being that came onto the earth around the time of the Chinese yellow emperor. It's believed. So that's a very, very long time ago, 5,000, perhaps more years ago. And that being tries to make us escape in the light, just escape into whatever is light and exciting. And it has an aspect to it that is correct as far as bringing us out of the darker, earthy activity and, and focus and reminding us of the light and the lightness of the cosmic world that we come out of. But Lucifer cultivated this trajectory of escapism in many ways. And it has been around with us for a very, very long time. So we've had these two forces working against human what well, they're working for humanity but they also can work against humanity so lucifer just to clarify lucifer is in in one aspect um pulling us out of this physical attachment this muck but the danger is it it, it has this agenda to like completely disconnect us from the earth entirely and kind of like be in la la land basically that's right and it tries to push us ahead of our timing, our soul timing, our soul, this whole talk, this whole experience of when humanity began to work on the earth was a trajectory to come onto the earth in certain spirit 
timings and soul timings. And these are significant and they work with the cycles of time. They work with the cycles of the, uh, the zodiac. They work with the cycles of the seasons, etc. And so there are these very important spiritually determined timings that the soul works through. And Lucifer attempts to race us out of the soul development and send us off into spirit very, very quickly. And if we don't have the soul forces built, if we haven't worked the soul forces the way we need to work the soul forces, we uh, we don't have the psychological fortitude. We don't have the inner life built to sustain what's going to occur in ascension. We don't have the foundation for the heart forces for the stage of ascension in the future. So just, uh, I want to just a quick example, because like I had a, a major spiritual awakening like 12 years ago and I went pretty high. I was flying really high, very ungrounded which seems to be kind of what you're talking about. And what would normally happen when that would happen is I would have these sometimes months long, sometimes weeks long of really high spiritual experiences. And then I would crash, 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 crash. And then it would be like, oh man, this is bad. Or like my life would, things would break down, things would fall apart and then I have to rebuild and then I'd get high again and then I'd crash. And I'm guessing is that kind of what happens if you don't have, it's like I didn't have the structure underneath me to sustain that that was too out of balance yes that's exactly it that's exactly it there are some spiritual practices when you're ready for them that give you a moment of actually it's like rising outside of yourself and above yourself and hovering and seeing yourself but these are initiation stages you need to be ready for them um, because otherwise you can go, you can go psychotic. It, it reminds me of, and I'm not, I don't want to like talk bad about anybody, but I, I'm sure everybody, most, a lot of people in this, that listening, this probably know somebody that might be like really spiritual, but you might think like, where's the practicality to doing this? Like, or like kind of like up in the clouds, but it's like, it's not like landing in something that can actually change something on the earth, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is where we get into incredible complexity, um, <laughs> for sure. And that is true. That is true. That if they can't ground it in, and especially in the heart, and <laughs> we are getting into such complexity because we are also now tapping into the problems of addiction because that high you know that going high once you've had yeah. that taste of it right and the earth is hard it's hard to be on so to speak you yes. you discover this as a teenager you know if not before right totally and someone in your early 20s you start you to realize, oh. you want you want to feel good you want to feel better you want to find some relief yeah yeah and what in the past was um, religious experience or, you know, gathering and working the spirit together has been lost. 
now we're we're kind of going back to the com- the question that you asked me a little bit earlier was um you know how are we in this divide today in such division today well this is in a sense because <laughs> um these aramonic materialistic aramon lives among the materialism and the mechanics of the earth and there had to be a time when there would that would take over on the earth far more than consciousness of spirit and soul. And the reason for that period, which is around the late 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, all through that period was going to be a period where a lot, and even in the 20th century, the 1900s, there would be many, many people who would completely lose touch with the sense of themselves as spiritual beings and they would get completely enamored with the material through scientific thought through the sciences and the the natural sciences that became so prevalent in what we call the enlightenment period uh, of that era you know late 1600s 1700s 1800s even 1900s where so many things were being discovered by humanity in a scientific way that we would just accept that everything was now material. Everything that could be explained in, on the earth is, and, and our life on the earth is explained in materialism in some way, a sophisticated way. We could do all kinds of things with this material knowledge, but it's all very, very focused on material. That's that's like the height of Armon taking over. Armon is already in the spiritual world by this time, but <laughs> Armon was a spirit being now that was waging a kind of war in the spiritual world with the spiritual beings again doing the same kind of thing trying to say that my my um, familiarity with the earth and material things is is far greater than the divine forces ever were and this not acceptable couldn't be and it literally was happening on the earth at the same time and this is when the beings of the spiritual world cast Armon out of the spiritual world in a great battle between 1849 uh, 40, 1849 and 1879 so a 30-year battle going on to cast this materialistic uh, spirit being out of the spirit world and back onto the earth saying no you're not ready the way you thought you were ready and you have to address some things again and humanity is going to have to address you. The earthen beings are going to have to deal with you being cast down onto the earth. And he is being cast down onto the earth now. And it is this armonic being that is creating mass division between human beings on the earth now. Well, you're listening to 91.9 WDRT, Radio Free Space Viroqua. And this is the Conscious Bro Show. I am interviewing Yana Belcher, and we're getting really deep into the uh, spiritual evolution of humanity, starting with the wound of Cain and Abel, going through Christ, and now going through this this great division of these two aspects of humanity. 
and you just ended with that was pretty profound how you said that um when when i think of of armon cast down to the earth what what is it like he's going to walk as a human or i don't know if you can use gender in this situation or um it's just an energy enveloping humanity or both no, he's going to walk as a human being. Okay. And he will appear to all as a profoundly intelligent. That sounds a lot like the Antichrist to me. He's here. Yeah. He will stimulate. Yes? <laughs> he'll stimulate the Antichrist forces on the earth okay. for sure. He's still here for a purpose and he will be very prevalent in the uh, technologies, the cyber technologies of our time. Okay. This is, yeah, this is his new story. And, um, you know, the Luciferic forces are still here and we have to deal with those as well. But we're being challenged now. Even the able natured people are having to learn more about harmonic world because we're not going to be able to deny that world we're not going to be able to run away from it hide from it we have to ennoble armon while we're ennobling ourselves and our hearts in this last trajectory of humanity's time on earth before we head into ascension Armon is creating some things that are going to help us later down the road because we're going to find it harder and harder to stay on the earth in physical bodies in time. And that's ascension. That's ascension. And that's so how ascension. could, that sounds like a good thing. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about that. Um so when I think of facing Armand, we're like all this technology, all this computers, like 5G, like AI, you know, some of these stuff, some of it, uh, what is the metaverse? Some people are super excited about it. Some people are very um, pessimistic about it. I would be one that's quite alarmed <laughs> at mm -hmm. what's happening. Um, how, how do we face that in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. so if we go back just a little bit to why this is so challenging and troublesome to people remember we have this memory of our harmonic nature anyways we cannot be here on the earth without having this dark this double we have a double inside of us which is armon based it's about the part of us that keeps us on the earth and then we have these interests in a luciferic way to understand the higher worlds and go toward the higher worlds which is natural and, and correct but the timings and what's going to happen in the process toward that stage and the thing is we're not meant to leave the earth on a luciferic train we have to leave the earth on a heart human train so it's not even a train we can't even talk about a train anymore right um that would be akin to christ right i mean yes christ train yes 
That's right. And Christ is related to the sun, the sun gods, the sun energies, sun field. And there's so much in that we certainly couldn't cover today, but this is really profound and important um, research for the future. And there are people here today now involved deeply in this research for the future. Um, but we're going to be, yes, the way that we will be prepared for our ascension is going to be that we are developing our heart forces and not so much our lower body forces anymore. Descension, we were completely connected to our lower forces, even chakra-wise, first, second, third chakras, right? And it's related to all the the power seeking and the hierarchies and coming in and the orders and who's in charge and who's not in charge. This was all ordering life on the earth as we came into the earth for millennia. We had to share the earth in a certain way. We had to keep it orderly. We had to do things in certain ways to keep it, you know, keep us out of complete chaos running around like animals on the earth. With all the errors along the way or all the problems and all the, you know, out of order things that happen, we've created all kinds of different karmas that we're now clearing up. We're cleaning that up now. This is how we're going to get into ascension. It's by cleaning these things up, by becoming aware of it inside of ourselves. What did I do? How did I harm somebody? How did I act in unconscious or lowly ways? Now do I, how do I bring it, this to a higher place? And the only way we'll be able to do it is through our hearts. So, okay. I've heard you before relate the two terms, ascension and addiction. You know, in this relating to, like, in this, like, doing it through our hearts, I heard you say, you know, our hearts are rattling right now. Anxiety's high. I'm guessing that's a symptom of this process. Um, yes. How, how does that ascension process relate to addiction? Yeah. I think it's really profound to imagine that we have entirely forgotten what it is to be light beings, to be like angelic beings, because that's way back at the pre-came period, before this whole trajectory onto the earth. We have little memory, and yet we have moments where something reveals to us a, a, a sensation you know, a, an experience of that, even having a child, having a baby, people will often have this, this experience of a reminder of this lighter world, this lighter reality that was before, it was from some, they don't necessarily associate it from another time, but it's right there in that baby. It's right there in that infant. They're completely still connected to spiritual, to the cosmic world. Even though they've come through a physical experience, they've come through the mother's womb for nine months, and they're still very, very cosmic and very light in their, in their consciousness. But we've forgotten that in many, many ways. We become very accustomed inside of ourselves. If you ask yourself, inside of myself what feels calm and comfortable often what we're drawing on is ancient feelings of correctness 
earthiness. I know the order. I know the rules. I know who gets to be the leader. Um, I know how I'm supposed to become the leader, how I'm supposed to, how the other leader has to pass away. We have all of these ways that we did things and understood things. And, um, and we have this deep sense inside of ourselves. If everything was just like that, I'd feel right. <laughs> We did. we did yeah i think everybody does right we've been through that it's like a long long period of that and yet the christ came huh, i mean talk about the rebel talk about the alien to the world as he stepped in because he came in to say yes all of that was correct you did it all correctly but not anymore. We're not in dissension anymore. I am the I am the shepherd. I am turning the flock around, reminding them that we're not here forever. We've reaped what we were meant to reap, created what we were meant to create, and now we're heading back to the light. I mean, Does I'm that mean literally we're lifting out of material reality. Is that yeah? And as I, as we speak that, as I speak that, I'm literally speaking Christ's words, right? That's what he said. And he, he went to, he showed them that, yes, I do know what you've done that to the priests and the, the, Saris, the, um, uh, the priests, the Jewish priests. Um, he showed them, yes, I know exactly what you do. This was, yes, exactly what we do up until this point. He, he spoke to them in the temple at 12 years old and, and they couldn't believe how well he knew this trajectory that they had been on and this story. But he didn't stay with that and he walked away from them and he took all the people. He was starting to take all the people away from their story and take them out to the mount under the olive trees where you know overlooking a much more empty but also much more open field of thinking and he said even the the families the children will walk away from their from their parents now we're we're moving into a very different reality we're going back essentially was what he was telling them and it's going to be different. It's going to be different. I mean, that, that sounds like heaven. Going back to heaven. So. And, and yet the stages of that, because look what happened to the people who thought they knew they were doing everything as they were supposed to do it. And they, they kind of forgot that a prophet was going to come and lead them further toward the I like talking about like the Pharisees and stuff and yeah kind of like following everything just meticulously by the book and yet yeah. they I don't want to call them villains but a lot they they didn't look they didn't seem to look too good in the New Testament um yeah. of course you know and I mean Christ had compassion of course for the that they had done all the right thing till now but that they got comfortable and this is the problem on the earth this is the problem for all of humanity, we got comfortable with things being a certain way. 
And they can't be because we're not going to be earthen for a lot longer. We still have a few thousand years, but not a lot of lifetimes before we're no longer in this earthen reality. So he shook things up. They got really nervous. Imagine the, the, the um, Pharisees, what was happening to them was they were feeling anxiety for the you know, they had all of these things that humanity had done was to help us feel ordered so we wouldn't have to feel all the feelings all the time. Remember that thing with Cain feeling and feeling for the first time, not knowing what to do with it and being like overwhelmed. Well, we spent lifetimes setting things up in certain ways so we don't have to feel too many feelings or too intensely or too much at once, which is chaos. Right? We try not to do all of that anymore. And yet here was Christ turning the tables in the temple and sending the, you know, the money flying of the moneylenders, right? Right. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure the Pharisees thought they had made a good decision. Let them come in and sell. We need to, we need to make money. We need to keep business going or whatever, you know. You know, we're priests. We can make it all better. And he said, no, 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 not here. This is weird. That, temple christ reminded everybody that's the cosmos we're going back to the temple is the cosmos so no longer are we going to have this bringing in our bringing our 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 purely our money thoughts to this temple and he shook it all up and they got really shaken up and they're experiencing feelings they don't want to feel and what did they do? It was too early for them. What did they do? They actually repeated the Cain experience in a way. They had him crucified. But there were people who were far too developed now. They had not forgotten their spiritual selves. These were the disciples and others, others who were there present at the time of Christ but particularly the disciples had not forgotten themselves and they had been in the presence, the deep presence of spirit with Christ. They had had the most potent time with him. And after he was gone, they could never forget it. They would never forget again. What that was, sorry, well, uh, uh, Saul did, Saul, until he had his experience in Damascus where he saw the vision. He saw the vision of Christ and then he changed and he also would never forget. And those people were propelled so profoundly in what they were to do. They were all, there, there were canes all over the place. And I say this carefully, that distorted cane force, that distorted cane force that uh, set out to kill all of them as well. But the message. So let's, let's bring that, that powerful um, happening that everybody knows about, um, bringing that today, like into the present, that seems to be our pathway to to this ascension um 
from what I'm hearing, like addiction is almost you you get a like a taste of what it could be like, right? And then you kind of like you kind of get a little ungrounded, and it's almost like Lucifer's like lure off the planet, and you can fall into that trap because you're so like in the it's like Armon and Lucifer working together, right? Armon's got you so trapped in physical reality, you're looking for a taste of something good, and then Lucifer lures you into this addiction world. And then, you know, you're kind of trapped in that when you really need to seek a balance of both, which is this, this memory of Christ or this path of Christ. That's right. And what is most Christian, I call it Christian. I like that. Christ conscious. They, they're looking for the heart because that's what happens when they've crashed, when uh, people become so caught in addictions that they crash they don't even necessarily know it at first, but what, what brings a salve to the soul is when people with compassion and heart can see them and can accept them and can go on the journey with them to help them pull themselves back into the middle place. And that is Christ. It can, Christ can be in someone who's followed a, a different lineage, a different spiritual path of religion, so forth. But that force that can be compassionate enough to help pick someone up out of their devastation, be it addiction or whatever, and be there with them and offer love. That's the Christ. To walk, to go down into the darkest spots, to like, just to experience that with compassion and to walk next by their side. And that's for everybody. We're developing this heart that can do that for everyone, whatever it is that they're falling down about or trying to fly off about too fast is this heart that can hold all of those challenges and meet the other person like a real human being if you could give maybe leave the listener something you feel called to leave to summarize this up and maybe uh, an action step they could to develop that and then don't forget to talk about your books too or just to tell them how to find you in your books right wow well first i'll say is that you know the understandings that dr steiner has brought are really available you can tune into them in so many different ways now there are many things online many groups um, that are offering all kinds of teachings and, and gatherings. There are the Waldorf schools all over the world now. There are special churches. There's just so many things that are happening where people can tap in and, and meet people and learn more. So I would never try to say, you know, I'm the only person who can offer any of this information. It's not truly. It's There's a lot of anthroposophy happening in Viroqua. There's also a a Christian community here as well. Great. So, so, and a lot of people understand what this heart place is all about and, um, and how to develop this. Um, yeah, I put out two books. I specifically as a therapist, um, and the calling that I was given put out two books to help children caught in conflicted family divorces, um, or just conflicts in family. And they're called the Pearl and the Hut series. There's two books, volume one and volume two goes through deep understandings of anthroposophy and Waldorf pedagogy. 
So those are, are the books that I put out. I don't make money off of the books. I want to say that it's really a calling. I put everything I could put into those books to really try to help people. Um, and they're available in all kinds of different places. The Pearl in the Hut. But I, like I say, I stand among thousands of people now who are doing this work and they help me do this work as well. So, um, you know, I may have a character or a nature that doesn't quite touch a person, but there's going to be someone else who has the right character that's going to bring the word or the, the help in a different way. So I just, I want to be really be humble because, you know, I have to be in the light of Christ. We're all going to be able to come into our hearts and go into the ascension the way we need to. There's a lot of help out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this is super interesting. I, I... We could do like easily four more hours of this. I'm sure. What do you want to just tell? Like, where would they find that book? Though, where would they go to find it? Yeah, the best place to get it is Friesen Press uh, Bookstore. You can get it online, and that's F R I E S E N Friesen Books. Um, and that's uh, you can find you can find that on on the online bookstore. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Super fascinating. Wow. Lots to think about. Kyle, thank you so much. You're doing such an amazing job. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you're listening to 91.9 WGRT Radio Free Space, Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. This is Conscious Bro out.